When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. I would be Bradshaw, and that would be the WWE Hall of Famer, Oklahoma's favorite son, Mr. Gerald Briscoe. And we have got a treat for us today. Seven-time TNA champion. Her first match in WWE, she won the Women's Championship. She's also the first woman to go into the TNA Hall of Fame, recognized as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and we won't dispute that. We'll agree with it. We are happy to have Miss Gail Kim. Gail, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. It's been so long since we've actually been able to have... I mean, I just saw you at a signing recently, but that's not really quality conversation time, so I'm glad we get to have this opportunity. Well, Gail, thanks so much for joining us here. You're one of my neighbors here in beautiful uh, Odessa, Florida, down here in, in the sunshine. You know, I, we, John and I, you know, we've admired your work for so long, and we we started looking. You know, we we're like everybody else. We need to be slapped across the face every once in a while. Janet, it was John of all people said, you know, we've we've had a Blaze on there. We've had Mike McGurk on there. We need more women on there. I said, John, that's the first intelligent thing you've said since I've known you. So I <laughs> and I've known him for 30 years. <laughs> that's the first intelligent thing. And so I, I reached out to Gail, and Gail, I, when, when you said uh, you consented to come on with us, it took us a few tries, but we finally got you on. We're so thrilled. And, you know, let, let's kind of just back up with a little bit of history. And we, we know you're from Toronto. Yes. And uh, what kind of inspired, I know the great Ron Hutchison trained you, which one I'd like to get into in a little bit, but what kind of inspired you to go? I know you were at the university and you, your major was kinesiology. Well, Gail, yeah. it took me two semesters. I had to take that course two times just to learn how to spell the word kinesiology. And the, <laughs> and the professor wouldn't let us write just kines on there. You had to spell the whole damn word out. It took me two attempts to even learn how to try that. It took me a third attempt to pass the course, if I ever pass it at all. I just always use the term kinesiology because it sounds better than physical and health education, <laughs> right? I mean, that's really what it was. And right. um, I really didn't 
know completely what I wanted to major in. I just knew I always had this, um, you know, inclined towards being physical and nutrition and health and all those things. But um, I started off that way. But by the second year, I was just, I secretly didn't go to classes and I, no one who's watching this follow my path. Um, and I started working full-time at a gym cause I was just wanting to make money. And I just couldn't find myself to be that disciplined to go to classes when I wasn't being, um, you know, I wasn't accountable for all that. So then after that, I was like, okay, maybe I'll switch to nutrition. And I switched to another university in Toronto. And then I, rediscovered my love for wrestling because I watched it as a kid and um, I got caught up in a storyline which was crazy it wasn't because you know me I'm kind of well nowadays I love everything about pro wrestling but at the time I just loved the sport of wrestling and so at that time that's when the golden era was kind of going on with Trish, Lita, Ivory, Molly, Jackie all those girls and I got obsessed I got really hooked on the women's wrestling and I noticed there was no Asian woman there. And I found the wrestling school that Trish went to and Christian and Edge. And I just was always very spontaneous and kind of just went after what I wanted. And I looked up the school and I didn't know what to expect, walked in that first day. And I just kind of knew that this was the path for me. It was while wow. wow, you discovered Ron Hutchison. What kind of you do Google research on, on Ron or yeah. how did you find him? And what, what a great coach. And who were some of the students in there? I mean, he has a who's who of a, a, a yeah. student that he's trying. And, you know, at the time, I recognized Trish, Christian, and Edge. Um, and I it was literally when the internet was kind of starting this, I'm showing my age right now and I was surfing the web and just looking up wrestling stuff. Cause I was obsessed and I found the school and I just kind of went, okay, I'm going to check this out and call them up and just out of curiosity. And they said, yeah, come on in. And I walked up to this, basically it was like a garage pretty much. And I walked in and the first person I met was Tracy Brooks, who now, you know, she was in TNA and she's my very first um, female friend in wrestling. And I'm still, I talk to her almost every day to this day. Um, she was, all I remember was that even I had those stereotypes walking into that school thinking I was going to meet China or someone like that, women like that. And it was literally three girls and she was one of them. And I just remember her being so welcoming and nice and I thought, oh, these girls are like me, you know, small and just kind of regular looking in that regard, you know, nothing larger than life. And then following weekend, I started and I took my first few bumps. And uh, I mean, I remember not being able to move for the next two weeks. Like I was going to say, after you took those bumps, did you have any uh, any doubts that, that this is what I want to do with your body? I mean, were you an athlete? I mean, did you take gymnastics and all that stuff? stuff when you're tiny girl so I was an athlete and so I remember having spasms on the couch like laying down from all the pain and then I I go like oh my god I'm I don't know what's happening to me but I never had any doubt from day one and I think you know you always kind of see students walk in and you see them go through their first few days and you can always 
know who's going to last and who's not going to last, whether they're talented or not, or whether they pick it up quickly or not, you just kind of know, right? And I always knew from the very, very beginning that I was meant to do this. You played every sport uh, in high school. Uh, mm-hmm. what, how was the training for wrestling? How did you adapt to it? Was it hard? Was it something that you, that you felt like right away that you were able to, to, to handle? Yeah, I was always just kind of a gym rat and always played sports throughout high school. And I was never really great in one sport. So I was just kind of that overall general good athlete. And so I won athlete of the year in high school. But then when I went to college, it was a big rude awakening for me because my love of sports, I in college, you got to excel in one particular sport and they scout for these things. And I remember trying out for the University of Toronto's volleyball team with my friend. I was like, wow, what a rude awakening because this coach already knew the names of the people that they wanted to choose. Like they had already scouted this all. I was like, oh gosh, we're wasting our time here. And I always kind of resented my parents for not putting me in some kind of sport when I was younger because I always just felt like this need to be a professional athlete and so they wanted me to get into golf like Koreans are addicted to golf you'll see a lot of golfers in the PGA and LPGA that are Korean and my dad tried to trick me into becoming a professional golfer but at the age of 15, I was like, it's too late. You can't start golf at 15. I've got to start like when I'm three or four, you know? Oh, what was it? The patience uh, for golf or just uh, that skill level? I, yeah, maybe it's, I never had a strong love for it. I mean, I, to be fair, I never really tried it. Um, but I always just loved kind of the other sports, volleyball, baseball and everything. But I mean, to be professional in those sports, I mean, Olympics. Okay. But. And then I found wrestling and I was like, wow, I can start something in a later, later age. And I started and I took my first bump at 23. And luckily, um, I got signed by WWE by the time I was 25. So I was very, I was very green and not ready. And I know that looking back now, but I learned the fastest being thrown into those situations. What was the progression from, uh, say, the first bump until you get signed from WWE? Were you working independence around in Toronto? Were you, were you still training during that time? What was the progression? Yeah, so I was training, and Tracy, like I said, there was other girls there, but maybe two or three other girls. And so Tracy was the only one that was ready. And at that time, women's wrestling wasn't what it is today. And so her and I were pretty much married on the independent scene together. She, you know, through both of us, we would try – get bookings on the road and travel together. And so we really didn't have many girls to work with. And then Beth Phoenix was also in the area. So it was kind of us, the three of us, just kind of working each other whenever we could. And Tracy was actually the first one who got a tryout with WWE. And um, then the second time it was all three of us. And listen, it was just honestly luck because that summer when WCW got bought, WrestleMania was in Toronto and Molly, Holly, Nora, of course, you guys know, is the most giving, great human being. And so is she the, is she the kindest person on the planet? She really is. <laughs> she she you know, really is. She's just it. the nicest person I think that's ever been on this planet. And if you think about back then when I got hired, 2003, I believe, 2004, at that time, 
it was very special to get hired. It wasn't like how it is now where they just hire people and then teach them how to wrestle. You had to have experience. People weren't getting hired that often or in these quantities of groups. And so I was looking through a Divas magazine at a fan access because our wrestling school had a table there with Ron. And so I was looking through the magazine and Jason Sensation, if you guys remember him. Yeah, I worked with him several times. Yeah. man, Talented as he could be. Yeah. And so he knew Nora from Memphis. And so I said, oh, my God, I just love Molly Holly. She's just amazing the way she moves in the ring. And he goes, oh, I know Molly. He's like, you want me to call her right now? And I said, oh, my God, really? He goes, yeah. So he texts her, texted her and she goes, I'm going to be by the ring. I'm going to be in a disguise with a wig. So come meet me there. And I mean, from the moment when I met her, she was just like, hey, you look different. Like you have a different look. Can you bring me your VHS tapes <laughs> and pictures? And, you know, you'll I'll see what I can do to help you out. So WCW got bought. So she said, just hold off. It's a lot of stuff, moving parts in the office right now. Then a, a few months later, I got a call from Johnny and I got a tryout and I wrestled Nydia, who is good friends with me still to this day. And we just had this magical chemistry where we had a great match. And you were probably actually there, JBL, because I remember during my tryout match, it was during... I don't know if it was raw or something, but the whole ring was all the superstars surrounding it. So it was a high pressure situation. Yeah, it's the worst thing ever because you don't have a crowd to respond. You just have all these wrestlers standing around just using a microscope and and going through different moves. It was so scary. And actually, Tracy and Beth went before me and they wrestled Nora. And Nora said, you know, I'm really blown right now. Do you mind if Nydia works with you? And I said, oh, yeah, sure. We just kind of called it in the ring. And um, the weekend before, from what I heard from Shelton and Stevie Richards, they told me they're like, oh, yeah, well, the girls that we came, the girls before that, the week before were the HLA girls. Do you remember the hot lesbian action? Girls, do you remember those girls? I remember, barely, (laughs) yes. But I do do remember the name. You, You can't forget the name. And so they were from UPW in California. I guess you guys were on that loop before. Yep. And it's funny because I met their trainer, uh, Rick Bassman. Uh-huh. And we, I had met them a couple of weeks before that. And he was, listen, he's always been nice to me, but I do remember him saying, oh yeah, don't go into there and acting like you know it all. And, you know, my girls are going to be like doing the tryout the week before. So kind of building them up like they were really, really, competition and so i remember hearing from shelton and stevie going oh wow you girls are head and shoulders above these girls they were like waist lock okay reverse arm you know an arm lock okay reverse so i was like okay so actually they made us look good (laughs) did you realize at that time the wrestling how much it was changing you talk about you only had one or two women to wrestle but that's how it was Uh, jerry will tell you for 50 years before Before you came along, you know, Alundra was magnificent, but there was only one or two bull Nicanos out there for her to wrestle. There wasn't a, a group, you no. know, pretty much the women, you'd, two women would go together and they'd wrestle everywhere. Did, were you aware of how the business was changing at that time? Yeah, I mean, there was hope for me because Trish and, you know, all those girls, Lisa, um, Victoria and Jazz and everybody. And I was like, wow, I have this great group of girls 
uh, that I could, this is the most amount of girls that I had the opportunity to work with. So I was just happy that the women's division was going strong at that time. But by the end of that run, so I got fired at the end of that run after two years. And um, that's when they kind of switched things back to the old ways and the diva search happened. Right. And um, yeah, they kind of changed for a couple of years again. And that was disappointing, but hey, gave me a reason to go out there and fight for women's wrestling as best as I could and create other opportunities. This year, it's time to get off the couch and get back into the bedroom. Blue Chew can help. Guys, we know that confidence can take you far in life. And when you feel confident, you are at your best, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. They always say first impressions are important. What about lasting impressions? So if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we got a special order deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code JBLGB. That's JBLGB at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. The BlueChew.com promo code JBLGB to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring this podcast. Well, I think, I think you did a wonderful job fighting for women's wrestling because, uh, you know, looking back, you know, I, John likes to rib me. I'm, I was back in the day, pre Moolah days, <laughs> yeah, almost, you know, but there, there was a time, you know, where the Moolah and her group came along. Then when Moolah and her group started getting old, we, we had a real lull in women's professional wrestling where we wasn't getting a lot, a lot of girls in, but then you, you got ladies like you and Trish and, and uh, Nydia and, uh, and Nora started coming along. Mm -hmm. Then the talent level really started picking up and it started changing a little bit. But you were in that gray area there where ladies were just getting their, their feet wet, so to say, where they could be featured in there. And then the talent come along and you were blessed to be among the, the, the greatest, some of the greatest talent, I think, in the history of our business was starting to sprout out then. And I think I think uh, you're one of the leaders in that. I think you you inspired a lot of young ladies. That's got to feel good to you. I mean, I if that's the case, then I yes, of course that makes me feel really good um, because those girls did it for me before. You know, that's the reason why I got into wrestling because I saw them wrestling. Um, I'm just happy that that I got that opportunity with TNA because it took a long time, even in TNA when I came back. Um, went into that company because they didn't have women's wrestling and it literally it was a battle i mean they promised 
when they offered me the contract that they wanted to move towards a women's division, but it took a good year and a half to two years from the time that I started with them. And it took me trying to resign for them to actually bring in a woman because I couldn't wait any longer. It was, it's very hard when you're so passionate and they had me in a great managing position, but for me to be on the outside waiting for that one spot and watching the men do what I loved it after a year and a bit, it's, it, it was really hard. So I said, Hey guys, I just, I can't do this anymore. And then that's when it actually worked. Uh, not that that was my intention, but Jeff Jarrett came up to me after that. And he's like, Hey, okay. Do you think you can work with Jackie Moore? And I was like, yes, please bring her in. I can work with anyone. Just give me the opportunity. And um, we had a magical chemistry too. So. Yeah, Jackie was Jackie was so so talented. Uh, you know, she wrestled so she wrestled Bruno <laughs> probably a hundred times because there wasn't anybody for her to wrestle either. You know, it's what? kind of how society has changed. You know, it's the the business was different, society was different. You know, women just weren't accepted the places that that they are now. And yeah. now you see the women's division is just as important or more important, but at least as important as the men's division. But you know, Tori uh, Wilson and uh, Stacy Keeper. They were great athletes. I saw yeah. Tori this past weekend at WrestleMania. She said, we were never trained. You know, they never were given the opportunity to be wrestlers because that wasn't what was called for. You know, yes. and fortunately, when you came along, you started, see, we started changing. Oh my goodness. These women are not only, not only capable, they're fantastic. And that's when you sell that whole thing come about. And now, now it's this huge, as big as the, the men's division, which is so good to see. It's amazing. And I'm so glad that I've been able to be in the business and witness and be a part of all that. And listen, the Tori Wilsons, the Stacey Keeps, whoever, or even women who don't like to wrestle. I actually, when I entered WWE for the first time at that time, I loved the balance of having a role for women in every way. I love that we had a strong women's division on Raw. And then on SmackDown, it's kind of more characters like Don Marie, Tori, you know, and Stacey kind of went back and forth. And some of the girls don't enjoy wrestling so much, but they have other things to give. And I think there's, sure. it's great to have a role in different ways, you know, on the show. And I think there's some strong female and male managers out there that can just do that. I think that that's great. Um, you know, it's sports entertainment. So there's a role for everyone. For How sure. was it in OVW when you're training down there? That was probably the greatest or one of the greatest wrestling classes of all time that yes. was, that came out of that group. How was uh, Danny Davis and the OVW experience? Oh, it was, it was good. I will say it was, it was shocking culturally for me because I went from Toronto. So, okay. So I get the contract and they actually told me when they offered me the contract, we don't think you need developmental. We think you're ready for TV, which was wrong. Okay. But they told me that. So I was really happy. And then I remember getting the call, I think it was from JR. And he said, well, you're going to have to move down to Louisville, Kentucky and move to OBW. And I lived in Toronto my whole life, which is a melting pot and very ethnic. And, you know, I never experienced any type of racism or anything. It was just my world that I was comfortable with. And I remember being just traumatized. Like I have to move from Toronto. And so I drove down to Louisville and it was very different, but, um, yeah. Are you, are you <laughs> saying Kentucky is not as diverse? <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing is black and white. 
And I yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> me, me and Ron, me and Ron and Teddy Long once got stopped for driving while black in Kentucky. Oh. So we understand very well. <laughs> I didn't see another Asian person for five months. <laughs> And when I did, it was like maybe one or two during that six month period I was there. Um, so for me, I enjoyed it because Rip actually trained very similarly to Ron. So I felt very comfortable, like I didn't have to relearn anything. Um, and also Jim Cornette was running OVW, I think, at that time or was part of it. So they never really started me in the TV storyline. So I never really got to be part of OVW in a uh, deep way. Like I kind of was just there on my off days. Cause I was still traveling on the road, doing live events with WWE. So I had a very different experience from everyone. Uh, whenever I speak to Nydia and, you know, people like that who really lived down there, they loved it. So for me, it wasn't a full experience, but I loved rip. I loved Danny. Um, everyone was really great. I loved the way that they trained because that's how Ron trained me. Right. So it was, a. Uh, it was very easy to just fit in. Was the whole class already there yet with uh, uh, Cena and Brock and Sheldon and I was Keith after and Randy. That was after was you. After, yep. So the only girls in that class at the time was Nikita, Jackie, Gata, and um, Shaniqua. What was her real name? I can't remember. I know. Linda Miles. That's right. She was a terrific basketball player from Rutgers, right? She was awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, hey, what a great athlete! I never knew whatever happened to Linda. She was such a terrific athlete and so had such a wonderful look. Beautiful lady. Yeah. I listen. When people get fired, this is the thing I always say. When people get let go of WWE, if that was the first place that they experience, that shows your true passion, whether you love wrestling or not is whether you continue and try to keep on going because you know our business we get fired you get rehired i mean i was in ww twice i was in tna twice <laughs> still there now impact wrestling but um yeah i've just always loved it and i mean i did almost quit after i got fired so i took a lot of time off um but then tna kind of reignited my passion again so Gail, you, you mentioned a, a person uh, that was at OVW. It's probably one of the most unique trainers. And if you can get by all the blue language, you can really learn a lot from this guy. And you know, I'm yes. talking about the great Rip Rogers here. The guy is just full of knowledge and, and his coaching technique isn't, isn't all the way politically correct <laughs> anymore. But, mean, but if you get yeah. by all that, you can learn so much from that man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if back that type of teaching style back then would be okay today in the sense of this. Work. I can tell you right now, it wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> but it, was, it would be effective, would, would, but he would be canceled. Yes, he would be canceled. But I love Rip and I respect him. I do too. And I remember me being terrified because he had a reputation for, especially, I don't think he loved women's wrestling back then because it wasn't what it is today. And he would, he would do it with girls and guys, but he'd be like, yeah, get the fuck out of the ring, you know, right? And so I was like, I don't want to get the, get the fuck out of the ring from him, you know? So I tried really hard and I never did. Thank goodness I was possible. So, um, Isn't it amazing how bad wrestlers languages, languages when they talk to each other, especially about a finish. Yes. You can't talk about <laughs> a finish without using the F word like 20 times. You know, and guys who don't even normally curse, when they go over finish, it's just F this, F that, F that. Hey, I've been in, then you come in, F that. 
That's amazing. You know, we can all sit here and go an hour, hour and a half, and never, never use a cuss word. But you put us in a locker room se uh, setting, and uh, we can't, we can't, can't help ourselves. I don't know if it's, it's something that goes from the past come down and jump on your back or what. I mean, but it's awful. even the most. It's embarrassing sometimes to myself. You know, I really said that many times. What about us, the girls? You know, we're seeing us gotta be ladylike and we're swearing and cursing like a truck driver every two seconds i, I was at wwe a, a while back you know i go in every once in the pre-show and, and and i was sitting there i was listening to to two of the girls go over finish it was the same as the guys every other word was the f word yeah. i was just i just oh my goodness and right. these are two people like, yeah. like jerry said probably could, <laughs> would, would go a whole tv interview never curse one time not say hell damn anything but you go over a wrestling finish and it's just it's the most foul language you've ever heard in your life. It is. It is. It's so funny. Now I'm going to notice that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you were down at OVW and then you get the call that you're not only going up to WWE, you're going to, you're about to be a champion. Yeah. I mean, well, I didn't find out until a couple hours before that match. Wow. And I found out that day I was going to debut. I, I had no idea. Um, so I remember, I think the first person who told me I was going over was fit. And then maybe Dean made a comment and I actually didn't believe them. I thought it was a rib and I was like, Oh, okay. Huh? Whatever. And they're like, no, we're being serious. And I didn't know what to think. And to be honest, I always tell the story. I'm so glad I was so green because I didn't even think about how the locker room would feel about it. Like that thought never ran through my head that this new girl's walking in and winning the title and how that would rub people the wrong way. So thank God that went straight over my head and I was so naive. And listen, right now, looking back in hindsight, I'm grateful for that, but it really wasn't the right decision, right? So wasn't ready, had never been a baby face in the Indies, always a heel. So I was a baby face that day. Didn't know how to be a baby face. And I don't know, it was just such a blur when I think about it now and all i remember is the referee telling me celebrate be happy be happy you know because i didn't know how to be a baby face and so kind of just all went down the hill from there but um great learning experience i needed to go through that and um yeah i mean was how how were you accepted in the back with the ladies after you did win the title gail i really don't remember i've kind of blacked out all that blocked out all that stuff um and i've been kicked in the head a lot but everyone was super nice i mean at least to my face right so i don't i don't remember feeling any animosity and i think the main thing is back then anyways when you walk into a locker room the girls are gonna or people i'm sure the men were the same you kind of assess how this person is and how they behave. And I was very timid at the beginning. And um, I just didn't want to, I don't know, I was walking on eggshells. I really was. I, I really didn't know what other way to be. And so I think after a couple of weeks or months, the girls saw that I was not a threat to them, you know, in all actuality. So um, I had, you know, I had a great group of girls to work with and we all got along. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't a politicker. I wasn't one to, um, you know, try to get my way. I just kind of did what I was told. And I remember it took me a long time to actually speak up 
and when we're putting our matches together actually i didn't even i was just kind of whatever you guys want whatever you guys want and then it was fit who kind of stepped in and said okay gail needs to get some shit in here right and i remember that clearly and him speaking up for me and i even remember the very first time i made a suggestion for a match and Amy, Lita was like, oh, okay, Gail, you've done your homework, you know? And that's when it started kind of shifting where I started using my voice a little bit more and where I felt more confident in terms of my knowledge. Um, and I worked really hard to get better in the ring. And I would say when I started getting on a roll is when I got fired, So, which was strange to me, but um, I wouldn't change anything from my path to where I am now, because I wouldn't have accomplished anything without being fired, to be honest. Isn't it, isn't it strange, Gail? You know, the confidence that comes along. All you need is that one little assurance from somebody you respect. And when you got that that that, that nod from uh, from yeah. uh, Lita, I guess that, that gave you the confidence. And, you know, my voice does mean something. My thoughts and what I'm thinking does mean something with this business. I can I can keep, keep opening up like that. It just takes that one vote of confidence. Uh, get that confidence out of you most of the time. Yeah, it really does. And it, it it's mostly, I think it affects you more because Nora was always kind of supporting from day one. So when someone that maybe hasn't given you any type of acknowledgement and then does one day, that even makes a bigger impact. And so, I mean, that was just the little bit of the beginning. It actually took me, and I always tell wrestlers coming through the business now, for me to feel like I could completely lead in the ring with total confidence probably took a good eight years of me feeling like without a doubt, not doubting myself um, and just working really hard. So it takes some time. It takes time. This is John Layfield, one half of stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. About a year and a half ago, Mr. Briscoe told me, he said, you know, you're going bald. I said, well, of course I am. I come from a family of bald male men. It's just a matter of time, but it wasn't. Fast forward, Mr. Briscoe says, your hair grew back, what happened? It's simple, the ingredients in keeps is what happened. I may look good bald, but I'm not gonna find out anytime soon. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they are 35. More than 50 million men in the US suffer from male pattern baldness. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. There are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. 24-7 care and support. Keeps has a network of expert medical advisors, prescribers, and care specialists to support you in making your hair goals a reality. And remember, you don't have to leave your home. Treatments start at just $10 per month and keep offers generic versions of the two FDA approved medications to prevent hair loss. If you're ready to take action, prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash JBLGB to receive your first month of treatment free. That's keeps.com slash JBLGB to get your first month free. Uh, you mentioned Fit Finley. I was with I was in Europe with Fit for two years, and he, he was uh, the best I've ever seen uh, ever. When he was in Europe, he was 
he's the best heel that, that, that I, I could, and I've seen a lot of great heels. But yeah. then when he came into WWE, I was so excited that uh, my friend was coming in and also this incredible mind and talent was coming in. And then they made him producer of the women's uh, matches, which at the time they weren't really matches. You know, that was when you're transitioning from the attitude era into, you know, mm -hmm. Trish and Lita. And so it was really kind of that transition, but fit just decided to make the best of it. And he always thought was a huge part of that transition for women to come into their own and to have this equal footing. How was it working with, with Dave? Oh my gosh. Tremendous. I mean, fit is such an integral part of that women's division. And I came in already like on in the middle of when they started pushing the women and having that women's division and fit brought out the aggression. Most, most of all, that's the one thing I remember I'd come back from a match. He's like, you need to be more aggressive, Gail. I'm like, okay. And I go and be more aggressive. And then he'd be like, no, more aggressive. And I'm like, okay. And I swear to God, this must've happened five times in a row to the point of, okay, I'm beating this girl's ass. And that's when he's happy, right? And I remember there's this if, one- If you ever worked with Fit, that's exactly what he did. So Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, I know he enjoyed that. And I remember- is so funny and which is not it's not really funny but it's funny um i had a four-way match with it was me victoria lita and trish and i remember during we were putting the match together and trish said slap me and i said uh i'm not really comfortable with slapping because i kind of ruptured stevie richard's eardrum when i first got here and then so she's like, no, 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 just slap me. I go, can I slap you on the neck? So we have the sound and whatever. She goes, no, slap me in the face. I'm like, oh, okay. And I slapped the shit out of her. And I remember, and I don't even know I'm doing, I couldn't control it. That's mainly what it was. And I remember watching it back and Kyoto was the ref. And in the back, and when it happened, he goes, like that, right? And so I didn't think about it. I didn't even notice, to be honest, that I did it in the match which was terrible of me and the next day trish shows up to raw with a black eye and she walks into catering and we'd have the monitors where we can watch the matches back and she walks up to the table and i go oh my god what happened to you <laughs> and she's like um you did it like, oh my god oh my god i did and we watched back the match and i saw it and i was like okay i'm an asshole and then um but fit was laughing about it the next day because he loved it so much and that's just <laughs> of course of course he did yeah he's like here here's your 20 bucks scale <laughs> you know whatever so you pulled you pulled the old stan hansen what happened to you <laughs> i mean i truly really didn't even know which is crazy and not believable when I'm saying it, but I really didn't even notice I did it. <laughs> we, we were in Budokan one time, and it was me and uh, Barry Windham against Stan, and I think Bobby Duncan Jr., I think who it was. And Barry, and he hits Barry with that. Larry, Larry, Billy comes back, and his eye is already swollen <laughs> almost shut. And he goes, Stan. Stan goes, thanks, Barry. And he goes, Stan. He goes, put your glasses on. And Stan <laughs> puts his glasses on. He goes, what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> The nature. We're, we're not buying it, Stan. We're not. <laughs> it's just the as Fit would say, it's not ballet, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Something, so, something Fit knew very, very well. And, so and so very, then, 
then when you get fired, what 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 was your thought? Were you just were you thinking you're going to Indies again? Were you did you have in mind going to? What, what were you thinking? I just remember being shocked because literally, I was working so hard in the ring and I was improving, and I actually started noticing that the crowd was starting to notice that, and um, fit was liking all the work too. And so they turned me heel and literally it was Monday night raw. And I'd been working on pre-tapes, which, okay. I sucked at promos. I can admit that to this day. And I was working with Paul Heyman and Dave Lagana in the pre-tape room and interview room. And we're doing heel promos. They That must've been the test, I guess. And Vince must've saw it after that. And so literally we started the storyline on raw that night. I did a run in and we beat up Lita and the next day I got fired. So it was very confusing to me that I started this turn and I had been improving and then I got fired. So I remember Johnny calling and being like, okay, we've got to release you. And he just wanted to hang up. And I was like, wait, hang on. Like, can you tell me why? And he just said, we're going to go, we're going in a different direction now, which they did to be fair. And it was me, Nydia and Jazz who got fired in that group. And my passion was killed, like literally killed. And that's why normally if you get released or fired, um, you get tons of indie booking requests. I didn't take one booking, did not make the most of that. Um, I just kind of sat back and went, I don't want to wrestle anymore. And so I kind of like took some time for myself. And then I started going to stunt work a little bit and I didn't love it. You know, it was just kind of the physical part was almost the same, but not fun. And then Scott Demore called, Oh, I did an Australian tour. I did take one booking in Australia and Korea in Australia. It was mostly Jeff, Jared and Scott and all the TNA crew. And it was right before they were going to start on spike TV. And we just had a fun tour and Scott called me up and he's like, I know you quit wrestling for the most part, but Jeff really loves what he sees in you and would love to start a women's division soon. And would you be interested? And I said, okay, let me, I'll drive down to universal, check it out. And it was all the people I started off in the Indies with like the Bobby Roods, uh, PD Williams, you know, Eric Young, all those people. And it was like this weird adrenaline rush of passion that just came back to me that day and i said i would love to do it let's do it and then that was it who did you work in korea for i worked for it was just this one i don't remember who actually ran that promotion because i was working was it was it a korean that ran it lee Won pyo there was a champion there for a long time that uh, used to book all the american guys and lee Won pyo was his name well it was a very American heavy show and they brought in a lot of Japanese and Mexican talent. Yeah. Um, I just remember clearly being on a two week media tour in Korea and working my ass off there. And I only remember my match um, vaguely because I had food poisoning and still made it through that match. And I don't remember the promoter. I have a lot. I don't know if you guys have it. Do you have bad memory from wrestling? Cause I do. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> okay okay i was like am i the only one because i last easter a hun- hundred easter eggs i'd hit <laughs> what? i didn't hear what you said there. good 
Uh, <laughs> was it and, a I could, and I couldn't find a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> Easter eggs. Okay, I heard that. Part. Yeah, I, I hit them and then they weren't looking for them, and I couldn't find them. <laughs> five, five, five years, and he's still looking for them, Gail. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to slowly take my vitamins and get my brain back. Um, the other day, I was I was shopping and I couldn't f- find my car. Then I realized I was online shopping. Oh, God. That's a very difficult thing for us wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> I said that just for Mr. Briscoe. <laughs> yeah, because I can't remember anything. I, when you went to yeah, and you know what part of it is? It's not necessarily memory loss or CTE <laughs> or anything like that. It's we had hundreds, if not thousands of matches night after night after night. So people say, you remember when you were in Cleveland? Well, we could have been in Cleveland in the afternoon in Detroit at night. You know, and they're like, no, I, I don't. And the, they look at you like, oh, my goodness, this guy's punchy. Well, I'm not punchy. I had 4,000 wrestling matches. And I, don't yeah. remember, I don't remember where I was. It's a combination of both. <laughs> I will say it, that. It, it very well could be. Yeah. I have certain memories, very clear, but people. But if you're like me, when, when, you, when they start giving you facts, you, then you remember. Yes. Then yes. it comes back For to the you. Most part. For the most part. And John, that's has, John always... has select memories, what he has. He I do. The things that he wants to remember. I remember the, I, I don't remember the 4,000 times that Mr. Briscoe stretched me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. I will say I'm always amazed by Ric Flair's memory because he'll be like, yeah. Remember that last night that you're, you're working raw and we were in Cleveland on this day? And I was like, how do do you remember these things? I mean, it's amazing. He's making it all up, Gail. He's making it all up, believe me. <laughs> he gets lucky every once in a while. You yeah. know, if that was the matches, he can get lucky. You know who else has a great memory is Michael Hayes. Oh, uh, really? Michael. Oh, my goodness. Michael remembers. He's like a savant. He remembers dates. He remembers towns. He remembers events. Michael remembers absolutely everything. And if you know the Freebirds, you, you wonder how Michael remembers anything. Well, I... I like Michael, because I remember before I got fired, he because like with the WWE office, when you ask them questions directly as talent, they don't really give you direct answers. They, they don't give answers. So I remember him trying to almost warn me. I remember this conversation pretty clearly. And he was trying to almost warn me, like maybe not that I was getting fired per se, but I was probably in that gray area. Yeah. And I always appreciated that. Michael's a good guy. I mean, Michael's just a first-class individual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I whatever little experience I had with him, I appreciated it, definitely. Yeah. By now, you know that everything is crazy overseas, and, well, that's created some volatility in the market. We actually saw rates tick down a little bit this week. We don't know how long it'll stay that way. All the experts are predicting that there is going to be a rate hike this month in the month of March. Some are saying 25 basis points. Others are saying 50. What does that mean? It means waiting will cost you money. And by the way, I want to mention this is still a once in a lifetime opportunity just based on your real estate values. You see, all of a sudden your house is worth considerably more than it was just a couple of years ago. And as a result, you can use that newfound equity to change your life. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners take their 30 year loan and pay it off in half the time. And how can they afford to do that without their payments going sky high? We get rid of all their other debt. And I mean it as a heads up, what would you do? you had no credit card debt just like that it was all paid off how much easier would life be if those car payments they're out of here no more car payments 
That is the story that we're able to help our friends and family with at SaveWithConrad.com. You see, the interest you pay on your credit cards not tax deductible and sky high. The interest you pay on your car loans. Buddy, where is that going? What if we could restructure all of your debt, use some of this newfound equity, and at the same time, get you out of debt faster? You see, what we're talking about is reducing the time on your mortgage. Yes, we're going to get you a great rate, but if you're in a 30-year loan, think about what your life looks like 30 years from now. Man, life gets a lot easier when you're completely debt-free, and that's what we want to help you do. And by the way, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And oh, as a heads up, if you've been thinking, hey man, I like my house, but my kitchen's kind of outdated. What if we could get you the cash you need to turn your average kitchen into something your wife loves and it wouldn't change your monthly payment at all? Why wouldn't you do that? You see, you'd be reinvesting back in your own property. That's going to make your house worth even more. And oh yeah, you can do it with cheaper monthly payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Now I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to go check out our reviews for yourself. See what some of our new family members are saying at ConradReviews.com. You'll see there we've got over a thousand verified reviews. Our average rating is 4.72. And if we were a restaurant with a thousand reviews and a 4.72 rating, I know where you're eating dinner and I know where you need to do your next loan. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's SaveWithConrad.com. So, Gail, they, they brought you down to Universal. You took a look at them. And uh, what was their, their, their female talent roster like at that time? And what made you really decide that this is where I want to apply my trade for the next few years? I mean, it was the um, hominess of it all, you know, being with those people that I came up through the business with. <clears throat> and there weren't, I mean, it was Tracy. And I think Trinity was still there for a second. And Val was in a backstage announcer but there was really hardly any girls and I just had the hope and I believed them that we were going to bring more girls and we did we brought you did yeah you brought, you guys brought some of the best rostered uh women in, in the business at that time you you guys you guys had them you had the pleasure of working with them and they had the pleasure of getting your knowledge from from uh from where you had been and everything yeah one, one that sticks out to me all is awesome car I mean this lady she's yeah. She's brilliant when it when she's in the ring there, and she's so believable in everything she does. Yes, and this is I've always said, you know, people have always tried to replicate her, but they just can't. There's only one Kong, and let me just tell you, I remember when they told us they're going to bring in a women's title, and they said we're going to invite like eight girls on top of the girls we have here, and make a list of the girls that you guys think would be great in the division. And Loki told me about Awesome Kong. I never, she was named Amazing Kong at that time in Japan. And he just told me about her and described her to me. I never even really looked her up, to be honest. I just took his word for it. And I told Dutch Mantel, I was like, this girl sounds amazing. And she's different. And we want something different and unique and something that the wrestling world, you know, isn't used to, at least in the last couple of years. And uh, she was one of the few that we uh, brought in. And I was, blown away and i always tell this story repeatedly but the before we had the title gauntlet match they had a pre you know like a setup for it you know, for our pay-per-view and so it was me and kong a singles match with the girls around the ring and like a lumberjill match and 
when she came out, because I met her backstage and she was sweet and all about Harry Potter and all this love, you know, I'd never seen her in her gear. I'd never heard her entrance music. I'd never seen her perform. So what you see in my reaction that day, if you go back and look at that match, was real. And I said, oh, shit. You see me say, oh, shit. And I was legitimately scared. (laughs) And that's how believable she was and her aggression. And I love that because I'd already been through fit at that time. And I never really found girls who are willing to take it or be at that level of physicality. And I don't know, it was just magical from day one. And uh, even Jeff saw it from day one. And he's like, I'm liking this scale and Kong stuff. And then kind of ran with it. And at that time, because women's wrestling was kind of brand new again, they kind of left us and didn't overcomplicate the storylines. They kept it to a proper, basic, slow build. And as we all know, that's what works, right? To get the investment emotionally. And it just was magical. <laughs> it really was. There had to there had to be a time when you saw her coming through those curtains. I know, I know when I was when I was working and I, I'd go out and all of a sudden I'd see Blackjack Mulligan for the first time or one of the Samoans. You're you're saying it holy shit, what am I going to do with this guy? Yeah. How am I going to work with this guy? I mean, it's intimidating as heck. And it had to be the same for you, Gail, when all of a sudden out pops this curtain. You knew who <laughs> she was and you'd seen her backstage, but now she's in that ring and there's a whole different appearance level once you're in that ring and you're face and face to face with these people. Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> all I knew is that I had to bring it. <laughs> and I did. I literally had to give my whole body to every single match to make it believable. But you know what? She never, she took it. And she even told me one day after probably a couple of years of working together, she's like, you make me feel like I'm in Japan again. And I took that as a compliment. I was like, I, I just love that we could raise each other, you know, raise the bar within each other and push each other and trust each other. Um, and by the end of our uh, run together, you know, years later, I remember this is when her back got a little bit worse and we had a match. And I remember we were just kind of talking about something and her back went out right as the show started. So they kept on pushing our match back. And um, she took like some Advil or whatever to get better. And I was, she said, okay, let's do it. And I said, are you sure? Are you sure? And she's like, yeah, let's go do it. And I said, okay. If you seem out of it out there, I'm going to slap you across the face <laughs> and tell you to wake the fuck up. <laughs> and then she goes, we have that. Relationship. You just slap me if that's the case. <laughs> like, it okay. sounds like it was the whatever that did it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's like, okay. I've had to take the whatever before. You get the <laughs> so, I, so I understand that well. <laughs> She's like, okay, we can do this. I was like, all right. <laughs> Isn't it an amazing thing, though, and really cool? Like, you have 20 people that you can have good matches with, but out of that 20, all of a sudden, you got one that's just, yeah. you know it's going to be magical. And it's yeah. just, there's something about it. When you, when you see that you're going to have this match with that person, that one, you think, yes. I'm really looking forward to this. Because you know, yes. when you get out there about the, say, the 8, 10-minute mark, you just feel like you are you can't do anything wrong. I agree. But I will say, I always felt the pressure to top the last one. So it was always like, okay, because TNA at that time kept on going back to me in Kong 
even after when we're done, we take a little break and then they go back to us. I'm like, oh, can you guys stop going back to us? Because it's kind of making it less special. And I got to top the last thing we did. Um, And then I ended up coming back to WWE. And then when I came back, I had that special magic again with Taryn Terrell, which nobody even expected. Um, But I had magic with her too. But that was just because I knew that, again, I met a girl who's willing to go balls to the wall with me and do things. And she was a stunt woman at the time. And I played into that. And I think that's really the key to success. At least I think is one of the keys to success is working to your opponent's strength and making it great for the match overall. Right. So. How did you feel in your second run in WWE? I had optimism going in and I thought, okay, I was green back then. I, I, accomplished this feud with Kong. Um, so I knew that that's probably why they rehired me and hired her actually after that. And um, so I was hoping for the best and kind of just fell into the same routine. You know, uh, I just felt like they didn't really use me to the best of my strengths. And I really didn't know why. And I tried to ask and never really got answers. So listen, I, did try my best. And I believe that was just the path I was meant to take, um, to go back and, you know, everything happens on your path for a reason. And I can go look in hindsight at why these things happened. Um, I wished I could have been, you know, maybe I was just there at the wrong time. Cause if I was there perhaps at this time, maybe it could be different. But I also know I'm also not Vince's cup of tea. And that's a, just a realistic comment. And hey, listen, not all of us can be. And um, I always felt allowed to be myself in Impact and TNA. And that's how I felt where I could thrive. And some, you know, it just all depends. You may not thrive in one environment, you can thrive in another, right? So, you know, it's a matter of just feeling comfortable sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes really, in one place you feel comfortable in some place or another for, for whatever reason you don't. Yeah. And listen, when I was there, they had us wrestle, but the women's wrestling wasn't a focus by any means. So I know, you know, I did a lot of gimmick matches. I was doing like the legs match and I was doing the swimsuit spectacular. <laughs> doing all these Baywatch matches, you know, and then I was going to TNA and doing ladder matches and cage matches is so different. Um, I did the best that I could with what I was given. And Hey, like I said, looking in hindsight, everything is just, uh, it was a learning experience. And I take all the good that I had, the relationships I made from there, my friendships and for life. And um, yeah, you know, sometimes you can't, it's one guy at the top who's making all the decisions really. Right. So if he doesn't like you, what are you going to do? Yeah. I'm glad I got to have the career that I could be proud of in the yeah, end. And I, I don't know, you know, certainly what he's thinking, yes. but, but I, I know what, I know what I've seen has happened since. Yes. And, I, and since he's come around to what, where you wanted the progression to, to go to. Yes. You know, and that is the women's division being equal to the men's. It just took a long time for, for that to happen, but it took, you know, it took a long time and, and not defending anything in society for it to happen. Yes. Listen, and I always think, I know now we're going to get all deep right now, but <laughs> people are a product of their childhood and how they're raised. And listen, Vince is like, you know, I mean, I don't know how old he is, but I'm sure, you know, he got raised in the wrestling world. 
and it's not like women's wrestling and all this stuff was happening back then that's just how he's raised his train of thought and what he believes in and it took the fans being very vocal for this to happen so thank you to the fans for making this women's wrestling thing happen um and to the women who just kept on fighting and plugging away time to tell you about something i'm super passionate about protecting your family yes this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com but to me this is really about peace of mind think about insurance for a second we all get medical and auto insurance yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it let me let you in on a little secret you need life insurance we're all going to die now as you let that reality sink in think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow if you don't have a plan for that you need to visit goliathlife.com and i mean right now and just personally i've lost two friends in their 40s this past year and a half and i don't even want to think about what their families would be going through had they not had life insurance if you don't have it get it protect your family and i suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance super easy goliath life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes and you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price, you start the online application immediately, and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath Life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. Goliath Life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. You know, because I remember when I was begging for the women's division in TNA, actually, even other women who are wrestlers were telling me, Gail, women's wrestling is dead. Gail, the fans don't want to see women's wrestling. I'm like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. You're wrong. You're wrong. And I don't believe it. And so I'm glad I, I'm glad I always stuck to my guns at least. You well, know. Uh, we're, we're really glad that you kept to your guns too, because the growth of it now, I mean, I, I and I'm, I'm saying this on record Saturday night. I thought I witnessed the greatest match I'd ever seen with Bianca Blair and, and Becky. I mean, it, to me, they, they, that, that was my favorite match of two nights or three nights of whatever, how many nights it was of, of wrestling and wrestlemania uh, <clears throat> excuse me those two girls went out there not only did they bring it level but they they went to a different level during that course of that match there and it, it's a match that i i don't care male female or whatever you need to watch this match if you're a fan of professional wrestling because these two ladies they brought it and wow and it's something like that because Gail, you were an integral part of this of this movement. It has to make you proud when you hear things like that. These women just setting the tone and setting the stage for 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 the biggest show we ever have. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the that's what I heard from the because I didn't get a chance to watch the show because I had to work and then I had travel day from hell. <laughs> um, but I want to go back and watch everyone across the board from everyone I've talked to said. Bianca and Becky were the best match of the two nights. And that's just a great feeling that people are just respecting us um, on it, you know, as equally as the men and that, 
people want to see that and uh, they're looking forward. I mean, even pre WrestleMania, the matches that they're most looking forward to is, you know, it's always a consistent, I hear women's wrestling. So um, if we can just keep on going on that path and, you know, now I'm producing and I'm talent relations now for impact. And just to know that, even they're bringing in more women in the office. And this is something maybe fans don't get to see, but it's slowly starting to change even beyond the talent, right? And uh, just supporting the women that are in the business to grow even after they retire. So it's it's great. I mean, I think uh, I would love to see, and I know I sound like such a feminist right now, but I would love to see the women get paid equally on a very regular uh not just the one or two you know I'd love that's to an that's a novel concept uh to get paid <laughs> equally, to get paid equally for a job that you're doing just as well as somebody yeah. else so if the girls are the main event they should be getting paid what the main event of the men are getting paid that's that's because you know I, and again again i i agree with you 100 uh, but it, it, it it's it's just now starting to happen in society too Yes. You, know, you yes. see women, you know, one is the head of HR in one company, mm-hmm. a man's the head of HR in another company that the exact same degree, the man gets paid more, you know, and, yeah. and that's wrong. And, yeah. and it should be fixed. It's very frustrating, to be honest. And I, okay, my husband, for example, is a TV chef, and he's very successful. And I've come across even after being retired, after paying my dues and showing, you know, I've come across people who don't want to pay me because they just think, oh, your husband's rich. I'm like, well, um, I pay my own bills. Uh, yeah, he's what he's good and well, but he loves my independence. He loves that I work and I get paid. I love that I get work that I get work and I get paid. But please don't think just because I'm married to him that you don't have to pay me. And I've had to put my foot down a lot, a lot of the time Good for you. Good for you. And, and take the chance of walking away and losing the job. But you know, that's what we got to do. <laughs> you know, Gail, you and I have something in common. We, we both yeah. met our spouses on a TV show. Yes. yes. I, I was, I went on Fox, Fox right? Hulk, I went on Fox to hawk my book and my wife's a financial analyst. So she's on garden leaf from a hedge fund and filling in as a financial analyst on, on TV. And that's where we met. And you met yeah. your uh, current husband on a uh, TV show as well. Yes. Yes. While I was with WWE. So I, I always told Johnny that when I was um, kind of near the end of my run in the second run, I was so unhappy. And for some reason, I've always felt comfortable to talk to Johnny, whether it's tell him off or be nice to him. But I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, the only reason I was meant to come here the second run was to meet my husband or he wasn't my husband at the time uh, to meet my man. I said, you know, I said, that was the only reason why I was meant to come back here. Um, So yeah, it turned out great. I'm still married 10 year anniversary coming up this year, Congratulations! Um, 13 years together. So some good came out of it. (laughs) Congratulations, Gail. Well, Gail, when now is your 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 producer agent uh, for TNA, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you have some of that Fit Finley blood in you where you when you yeah. when you're lining up a match, and, and how do the ladies look at you when you're when you're getting getting in that? Fit <laughs> or, or do you have the Rip Rogers blood where you just yeah. cuss at them? <laughs> I have a combination of both. <laughs> I have a little bit of both. So definitely the aggressive. I'm like, guys, like, come on, tighten up and. They see my, I'm very intense. That's just my personality, especially at work. Uh, I get the 
comment from talent all the time. Oh, I don't want to bother you because you look like really serious. Like, oh, no, that's just me at work all day. So if you just come up to me and grab my arm and say, hey, Gail, I'll snap out of it. I said, but if you don't snap me out of it, I'm just like this, like just serious, intense, forget to drink water, forget to eat. I'm just on a mission all the time. Um, that's why I'm so exhausted after maybe just even two days of work because you just put so much energy into it. But uh, with the women, people can't understand the mental stress. I mean, that, that yeah. mental stress that you're going through it, it is as bad as that physical threat stress yeah. when you're on the other side. It just percent, way more than the physical, I think. And so, I think the women know my personality now. I'm very direct. So they know they're not getting a filter with me and I will be critical, but I'm also very supportive. So if I'm going to give them a negative and critique them, I always give them a positive because um, I remember sometimes I wouldn't get that from certain agents. And uh, I knew as I'm glad I went through talent to understand what they need and uh, respond well. And I would say that, yeah, I'm very intense. And when I'm, when they nail something, I'm as happy as I was as a talent. Like, you know, that high you get when you make magic, I will share that high with them after four weeks when they nail it and have that magic. I'm just like, oh my God. And I'll, I'll think about it all the time. And I'm so proud of them. And I'm very invested. I'm very, very invested. And I think they know that and shows. And uh, I think it makes a huge difference when you know, your producer cares that much. Yeah. And you know, you've made a huge difference in the women's division and what has become such a, an important division that we knew it always could. It just took, it just took a while to get there. And I know you got to run. So I want to thank you. You spent an hour with us and yeah. it's been one of the most enjoyable hours that uh, Mr. Briscoe and I have, have had in a, in a very long time because you're such a important part of history that built this incredible thing now that is equal to the men and because people like you and Lita and Trish and Alundra, you know, is built on you. You're the cornerstones. You're the pillars of this incredible foundation. So thank you very much for joining us today. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed catching up. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Gail. It's always a pleasure, and, and, and it's great to learn that I got such a beautiful neighbor around here. And, uh, <laughs> yes. I'll have to get my drone out and do some spying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm never home. I mean, I'm home today, and I'm home darn tomorrow. It, darn it! Back on the road again. If you see his drone, please shoot it. <laughs> I will. What is it you have, Gary? What is it you have outside your door? Your Desi and, and Lucy. Desi and Lucy, you got the sandhill cranes, right, uh, Gail? You have what? a sandhill. Sand hill cranes. I don't. I see them in the driveway kind of. I, I, I have babies. I have a family here that came to my house during the pandemic. And right, John, I mean, I've yeah, been, yeah, yeah. You know, they've been here two years. Well, now we have babies. We have the first babies. We, I, I, my mm. wife and I, we don't have grandchildren. So these are grand birds. <laughs> we're out taking care of, we're out scaring the hawks off and all that stuff off. So they don't bother our little they're called coats too, the little baby cranes. Are. But I'm sure you've seen these big. They're huge birds, and they got the big red, uh, big, big red swatch on. You have the them kind of walk through the gate and along the neighbors' houses, yeah. um, but that's that's as much as I see them. But you got to work on pressuring the kids for the grandbabies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Wes and uh, Joe, uh, both yeah. of them, I think they 
I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's dating a wrestler, so I'm going to guess that it might take a couple of years, though. Yeah, it might take a couple of years. Well, Gail, well, thank you so much, and, and I hope I get to see you sometime again soon. It was wonderful yes. to see you at the last convention. I hope I get to see you again soon. Yeah, we'll see each other soon, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs>